Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. In this episode, you'll hear from Stephanie Xie, she, her, who we first met at Penn through Frisbee. We were housemates for a couple years, where I actually lived in her closet our sophomore year. We talk a little bit about growing up in China with her grandparents and extended family, reuniting with her mom in Toronto in elementary school, fun trips on Penn's dime, living in New York City, and considering startup work. Hope you enjoy. Hi. Hey, new Zoom, new stuff. No, this is my phone. I'm so done with my laptop. Oh no, it's too old. Yeah, I just haven't used it in a while. Or I only use it to watch Netflix and stuff, so I don't really use it. But I'm on my phone. Fair enough. As long as the phone is good with you, I really don't care. <laughs> this is a podcast, right? So you're not going to see me like this? Well, I can still see you like that. <laughs> but no. Yeah. The world won't see. <laughs> you have to get in your coziest position to make for the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I oh. see all these podcasters. They're rolling up to the studio in like a full hoodie, like sweats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, those are all more things than we have today. You're all good. How are you? How are you feeling? All is well. My throat has mostly recovered. My fever is gone. It's just nasally and runny nose stuff. So all is well. It's good. It's good. My day was good. We're looking at apartments now and I just went to see this place. It was in Hudson Yards and it had beautiful two terraces, two bathrooms, like a terrace attached to each bedroom unit speakers there's two speakers built into the walls in unit dryer washing machine in unit of just yeah it was good he word is in unit yeah who's we who are you looking with me and noreen just the two of us noreen is back yes <laughs> i guess last time you were here like you missed her I feel like the past three times she wasn't there so I know home is so close for her. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Who that you're re-signing? You think the roommate situation works out nicely then? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. How different is that area versus this? It's a lot more people, taller buildings. It's Hudson Yards where the new tall buildings are. And I'm by Penn Station. So if you take the Amtrak into, this is where the megabus is. Like that area, it's just hustling and bustling with a lot of people. That area. Okay. Okay. Penn Station, 34th. I know that. I didn't know yes. that was a megabus though. My geography is shit every time I go to New York. Yes. Why yes. follow like, Google Maps? Relative to here, it's very quiet. It's very residential. Cool. Cool. What's the spur to go to that new area? Or is it more for the in-unit apartment? No, it's definitely for the apartment features. Yeah. Fair enough. And okay. like there's a rooftop, everything. Oh yeah, like amenities included, like our current place, you have to pay extra. And the amenities over there are much nicer and also included. So yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Is it going to be closer to your boy? Do you want to reveal the boy on the podcast? I can. Yeah, sure. No, it's actually going to be farther. I feel like where I move, it's going to be farther because right now I live eight streets from him. Word. Seven. Eight, seven, six. <laughs> How does this work? 
Oh no, that we've already been rolling. You're totally good. Oh, <laughs> anything okay. is content. I found it best to just hit record at the beginning and just free flow. But whatever works best for you is cool with me. But I usually I just start with your journey to today for people who have never met you. Wow. That's... And you can expand and class as much as possible. And from there, I'm sure I will be able to riff many questions. Yes, please do. I want this to be as interactive as possible. My journey to today. So I'll keep it concise. I'll give you my cringe elevator pitch of my background. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm originally from Toronto, the suburbs of Toronto, but anyone here, I'm from the city of Toronto. I grew up in China until I was in fourth grade, and then I moved to Canada. And then I did high school there, and now I'm, I guess I went to Penn, that's where I met you, <laughs> freshman year, through Frisbee, which I also did in high school, so I wanted a continuation there. And Penn kind of naturally took me all over the world to Singapore, to the West Coast, before finally taking me to New York. So now I'm here living my best life as a corporate weapon. Word. <laughs> weapon indeed. <laughs> Not corporate um, slave, because you can't think like that. But yeah. Okay. And you said Penn naturally took you there, but I feel not everyone necessarily takes advantage of international things. What spurred the motivation? Where exactly did you go in each of those places? And what were you doing? As in international trips, I did through Penn. Yeah, or like um, Singapore, West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So I think I really just wanted to travel a lot on Penn's money or the opportunities I know that Penn offered. It's really hard for me to find personally by my own. So I guess starting with sophomore summer, I've always wanted to go abroad ever since high school, like to do an exchange program, which is funny because I really wanted to go study abroad in France. And there was this ex our physical exchange program where you go stay with a host family, right, in France. And in turn, the host family's kid will come back and stay with you in Canada. I was like, wow, so cool. The best way to learn a language is to be immersive. But my parents said no. <laughs> they don't want to host some random kid, which is fair. So then I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to study abroad in college because that's no parents involved I can do that by myself but then I was like wow this opportunity just I didn't even know that you could work abroad I was like why semester abroad when I'm supposed to be here with the best professors the best classes when I can just do a summer so that's when I decided to do my sophomore summer abroad and in terms of location honestly it worked out I was looking more at the positions I was like oh I'm kind of interested in BC those naturally popped up I think it was like this and another opportunity I think in Malaysia somewhere maybe but I think that's when I watched Crazy Rich Asians and I was like hooked onto like Singapore which I honestly did not even know was sorry Lauren I didn't know where Singapore was I didn't know Singapore existed until the movie so I was like okay I gotta go and yeah that was my sophomore summer which I traveled around Bali, Indonesia, Malaysia because it's so close. Funny enough I guess you can't really plan because I definitely want to hit up Vietnam and Thailand because those are such well-known like countries around like Southeast Asia and maybe even the Philippines. I was thinking more like food like food I enjoyed here I want to like actually see get like pho in Vietnam but 
that didn't happen. I think just in terms of coordination with my cohort of people there and also ticket prices, we ended up going to Bali, which was beautiful. And also Myanmar, Myanmar, which was another country I didn't know where it was, to be honest. Really cool experience. Singapore was definitely the polar opposite of Myanmar, which you landed, you walked outside of the airport, even at the airport, you could definitely feel it was a very developing country. And I got so lucky that I went before the political unrest or in between the political unrest. And then the West Coast is also, everything happened my sophomore year. I guess our junior year, COVID happened. Freshman year, I didn't really do anything. I think it was winter break. I did a tech trek to San Francisco and it was a week long right after Christmas. I remember my favorite memory there was we went to B&B's office and it was so cool. I wanted to work there because the way it was designed, every meeting room was modeled after a specific Airbnb listing. And the meeting room was called that place and it had a little description. Fun times. Incredible. You mentioned your parents a little bit. What was their role in your life growing up? And what is it like now? Yeah, I would definitely say I had a unique relationship with my mom. My parents got divorced when I was really young. And actually for a while, like I mentioned, I had moved back to China for a bit to be raised by my grandparents. So I was born in Toronto, but my mom came over when she was like nine months pregnant with me. So really didn't have time to settle down and get her career going before she had me. So I think that was the best decision for me to be sent back so she could establish her life, her job, her career before taking care of a baby. So I went back and I was like living with my grandma mostly because my grandpa was also working and he worked in the mines as I don't really know. He was like the Indiana Jones. He'd go to all these mines, have all these stories in the quarries and bring back Turkish coffee, all these exotic sweets and stuff. And I wish I knew my Chinese and English geography more because all these countries, I literally don't know to how to put them on a map. It's this like mythical land that he traveled to. But so it was really just my grandma and me, but we did have a community of my aunt and uncle and their families. So two cousins on each of my, I guess my mom had, she was the classic middle child, had an older brother and a younger sister. So we were raised as siblings basically, which was a lot of fun. And then it was 2008 Beijing Olympics. I remember because that's when my mom came back and picked me up. And I remember getting all those Beijing Olympics for toys. For every Olympics, there's a special mascot. So I remember getting one of those mascots at the Beijing airport and came over. And I was pissed off because I'm like, I was raised by a village. A lot of fun, a lot of kids. And then I just came over and it was my mom and me because my parents were divorced. So I was like, wow, this is really quiet. This house is <laughs> very big and very quiet. And then I have to introduce Greg because this is my mom's boyfriend, basically my dad growing up. So they had met at IBM while I was in China and I got to meet him when I came over, basically, yeah. And he, I don't know, was a quiet rock of the family, I would say. Your typical security engineer I don't even know what he does but something to do with firewall and I think patents now for IBM quantum computing yes inventing patents for the future of quantum computing it sounds very cool okay yeah so that's kind of the background so I think 
the uniqueness is that when I was younger, heard my mom's voice through the phone as this strange woman on the phone. But even when I came over, I was like, this strange woman is now my primary caretaker. It's just like, I wasn't familiar, but obviously we got close really fast because a lot of times it was like me and her. I remember we, while she had joined the single moms group, <laughs> I don't know, on one of those social media, whatever, and we did have play dates and stuff, but my mom wasn't like the other moms who were mostly just moms. She also was a fully working mom. So I feel we didn't really fit in. So she was like, none of that. You are going to work with me, which is, yeah. IBM had a cool office. <laughs> like years later, when I went to SF for the tech track and we went to Oracle campus, I was like, wow, this is like, IBM. But yeah, I think she always like pushed for the best in me. But in a very hands-off way, I feel growing up, I was in a neighborhood that was very diverse. So I feel there were a lot of perhaps like tiger parents, but I was always like, oh, my mom's so cool. She's so chill. Yes, you can sleep over. Yes, my mom doesn't care. But I knew secretly she had high expectations. And yeah, I think that kind of pushed me to go abroad, do IB in high school, and then go to Penn. And obviously the distance, we're still very close. I would call her and stuff, but it's just harder to visit and stuff so less of a role for sure now but we're still very close I keep her updated and Greg too he's there don't forget him wow amazing I feel I'm learning so much even though I know bits and pieces here obviously and I've met Greg and said mom and characters but I don't know all that about in China too are you still close with your cousins, your aunts, your community who was there for... To be honest, I tried. I I don't even try. <laughs> I feel like I used to try. And I feel I did go back my first summer in Toronto and then the following two summers following that. But I think it's just harder as my... I think having Greg in our lives was really helpful in me picking up English because I came over, I had to enroll in like an ESL course and grade four at my elementary school but I definitely picked up faster I think than other kids in my class because I just had to speak it at home but then also when my grandparents weren't living with us then it's hard to speak Chinese and or in the household because you like didn't have to so then I think it's just I kept in touch less and less as the language barrier grew a little so yeah wow would you consider going back in the future to say hello? How do you think that would make you feel? I would. I think I would. I think my mom actually just came back because my grandpa was sick. He's better now, but literally she spent a month and a half there, which was crazy for her because the last time we went back, it was like summer after my freshman year. So it's been a while. And I'm sure a lot of things have changed. I think the rate of progress is just really fast there in terms of urban planning and development. Because we're from a city in China. I can't speak for rural China and stuff. And I think I want to go back, just see my grandparents as they age. Because I think they used to come and live with us for periods of time. And while we even started the immigration process for them, but I think it's just we are ruling that out of the picture because of their age and travel and health concerns. So the only way I see them besides on video is to go back. Yeah. Word. I hear you. Dang sentiments about growing up in China then Toronto then Philly I think in all quite formative years of your life but in different ways 
how do you feel about bopping around in those early days and then now building and settling in New York? Yeah, I think I came to a recent realization about this too. I feel growing up in a huge city, I was only surrounded by people. And even growing up with a huge family, I was also surrounded by people in my daily life. So I think that kind of instilled my love for big cities. And I remember distinctly when I moved to my suburb in Toronto, I was like, wow, there's nothing going on. It's so quiet. There's farmland, but I need to see more people. And my recent realization was when I was on the phone with my parents, like literally a couple days ago, Greg was like, wow, your mom came to Home Depot with me and she never does that because she wanted to see more people. Because <laughs> she's it's so lonely here. There's no one compared to China. I'm like, wow, okay, maybe that's why I'm living in New York now. It starts to fall into place. So maybe that's an early childhood influence on eventually the big city living that I was meant for. But in terms of like, I guess, bopping around, I something that my mom always said to me, and even in Toronto, we moved cities and stuff or suburbs is to never get attached to a place when you have the people there so less so about materiality more so about the quality of connections and yeah and I think it's helpful with like how easy it is we're zooming right now the world feels a lot smaller in a way yeah facts and when you go back home, I hear about your Toronto friends sometimes. Are a lot of them still around the area? Do you see New York being the future home for a while? Yeah, yeah. Actually, my close friends, there's a group of four of us. I'm the only one here. All three of them are still back there. And we're like just doing our own little thing, figuring out our 20s together but it's fun when you randomly facetime them sometimes and you just hear their different career paths or what they're doing with their lives and it's refreshing yeah one of them's actually coming to visit me in three weeks making her little biannual trip that's dope also i learned biannual could either mean twice a year or every other year Uh, i know this is twice a year okay nice yeah cool And you said figuring out the 20s. What does that mean to you? What do you think you're trying to figure out? Yeah, honestly, on these calls, we talk about vibe check. How are you, first of all? Which is usually, oh my God, life is good. Or I'm so tired. And then we move on to how's your career, work-wise, job-wise? You're looking for new positions. I don't know, any love interests, like dating life, family, upcoming plans, stuff like that. And if it's during apartment hunting and moving season, the stress associated with that, I'm kind of complaining about how expensive it is to live in big cities. <laughs> Some common aspects. Work. And do you want to talk a little bit about work or should we leave it at corporate weapon? I'm just going with the flow. So you feel whatever, ask whatever, and I shall answer. (laughs) Wow, this is quite the privilege to have. (laughs) It's like we're playing hot seat right now and I'm on the seat. Yeah, this has been actually my April Fool's joke to all my friends to just put everyone in the hot seat and share it with the world. You caught me. Okay, what, what did you mean by corporate weapon versus corporate slave? And how do you see that playing in your life in the future? Yeah, I think, I honestly, these terms I picked up from my friends too and from my boyfriend. Specifically, he always uses corporate weapon. And I think before that, my good friend Luca would be like, yeah, we're just a bunch of wage slaves out here. And I'm just, even in these two little comparisons, I'm like, wow, there's a kind of a mentality, like a little 
mental note you make of yourself and how that makes you feel like, oh, damn, I guess I'm really like a corporate slave out here. I'm slaving away my hours, my life, in my pride 20s. Whereas I feel the other instance, if you think about yourself as a corporate weapon, you're crushing it like slave per yes, all the positive energy. I'm for that second phrase. And actually, I just I know this is a podcast, but like I just read this book called Influence is Your Superpower by Zoe Chance. And she's now a professor at Yale doing an MBA course on influence and persuasion. In one of her early chapters, she talks about framing. And I'm like, wow, okay. I took a negotiations class at Penn too. And we had touched upon how you frame yourself. And I was like, yeah, this is how you frame your life with two simple words, actually with only a word difference. I think I can just create such a minor but also impactful way about how you go about your life yeah cool what influence do you think you're trying to have on the world the people around you on yourself and what are some of the most surprising things you've learned so far in the book what do you mean by the first part of the question Like you said, it's about influence. So what kind of influence do you think you're trying to make on the people, environment around you, but also influence on yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think the first part, don't think I actively think about how I influence the world and other people around me. I think it's when there's my friends who come to me to ask for my opinions and stuff. I think I take that as wider lives on, oh, wow, I'm a very friendly person. People trust my opinion. And I'm like, okay, so what does that tell me about my influence? I'm working backwards because I don't really take a note of how. I guess another question would be how I want myself to be perceived by other people. And I do want to be that person who is a reliable, loyal friend who can be counted on when other people need you and can also be seen as driven and at some point successful in their career or someone that people look up to but I've never wanted to have the influence of a celebrity I think that's a little too much for me yeah word snaps you want to share with the world your skiing season this past winter yes I would love to it's short we're gearing up for the following season I went on this great trip to Killington with a squad this is in March so it's pretty recent and it was a lot of fun and both me and Francine we got boots and we're just so excited to go for next season but honestly I think you and Francine are crushing it I just went once and then my first time was over winter break when I was back home and it was a one day thing where the snow was slush so I think one new thing, though, is that I actually tried out the terrain parks this season because before I was just solely just going down the trails like Mogo's if I was feeling a little spicy, but I would never do the jumps. But I did the jumps starting out over winter break. So, yeah. That's a huge jump. Yeah. (laughs) Can't wait for next season, though. What are some of your favorite things to do? throughout the city, hobbies, weekends, etc. So actually I picked this one up for my roommate. She did this beautiful paint by the number and I was really inspired. And it's a very cheap and doable craft. The whole kit you buy from Michaels for $16. It comes with a canvas. It comes with a wooden frame. It comes with paintbrushes and obviously the paint. 
only for 16 bucks. There's a lot of expensive hobbies in New York, and this is not one of them. I started, I can't say how long it'll take to finish it, <laughs> but I did paint by the numbers one time before, and it was a traumatic experience as a kid because I did watercoloring, and the paint would just go over the, the lines. But this time it's acrylic, so it's so much better. Hobbies around the city. I like to check out like random art exhibits. I don't know how I even hear about these things. A lot on TikTok, pop-ups and stuff. Influencers I follow. There's this runner, Kate Glavin, on TikTok. And I went to the Super Goop pop-up in the spring of last year. And now I swear by the sunscreen. The Unseen 40 SPF. Oh, so smooth. I talked to Yuri about it. She was like, Steph, what is the sunscreen? And... There's this other cool exhibit that I just found. Also last spring, it was this collab by Virgil Abloh, who had just passed, and with Nike Air Force Ones, a shoe that I love. And they were doing this whole exhibit. It was a memorial weekend, and I was on Monday, and I had been working the entire weekend, and I was like, I need to get out. And I was scrolling, and wow, shoot, I need to see the <laughs> closing closing night. So, Yeah. That's cool. And you're training for a marathon right now, no? I forget that running is a hobby for me. It feels like such a chore. But yes, I do love to run. I think moving to a new city, I like to think of running as a way to explore the city. So I guess I haven't thought about running to mention in the previous response. It's just I've been living here and running. But it's great. I recently started running. And then since the weather was so beautiful this weekend, taking the city bike up, just main character from my bike ride. Yeah. And I did sign up for the Philly Marathon in November, which I'm all, both scared but excited for. But also it's too far away. So I feel indifferent right now. So the story behind this is that I started running in college. I did cross country and track in high school, but it's no more than like a 5k, like 3.1 mile max. So I started running really in college through Frisbee and then again, exploring a new city and the beautiful Schuylkill River in my first half. And then I just continued it. I think it's people pay for therapy. I don't I pay for running shoes. No hate on therapy. I think it's great people do that. I just, this is my form of therapy is what I'm trying to say. And I remember I was in a fall league of, with some friends with Frisbee in Central Park. And it was the day of the New York City Marathon back last November. And so we exited. They were coming down Fifth Ave. The whole street was blocked. A lot of people were watching on both sidelines. And just the energy and I want to be a part of that I knew before I never wanted to go more than just a half but I want to do a marathon and I might as well do it when I'm feeling young and spry and my bones aren't broken so <laughs> better do it next year and yeah I want to do Philly first of all because I didn't get into New York <gasps> but also I just want to do it symbolically because I feel that's where I started my running journey so yeah it's cute Philly is an amazing city to run through. I say it, I've done it, but I've biked it in an accelerated way. Yeah, you can technically sign up for the Philly Marathon until the day before. So I love how it's also very accessible for people. <laughs> no, I need to learn how to walk first. <laughs> this is the literal learn to walk before you run. So I'll work on that. Ignore the time. We can just hop on a new link or we can wrap it up. It's up to you. I'm down to hop on a new link. All right. And we're back. Hi again. <clears throat> what happened? Was that like 
time out or yeah cool so you said running how do you think your training will change when you get to a new area are there certain hills or landmarks that are important to you or is it just no difference oh in terms of the distance or the path itself yeah or you get on a hill and you're like this is where it always sucks so I need to push now but actually maybe after training it doesn't suck that day and you can feel based on where yeah, you move. no for sure I definitely need to work on my hill training a lot because I feel like that's where I always die like the last Brooklyn marathon I, half I ran last April which is actually coming up in a couple weekends I died when I hit a hill like halfway through and I just never recovered I started walking and I just never recovered I think that's an area I want to focus on but it's at the gym I'm such a lower body gal because you know I don't have upper body strength so I would like to work on my arms but do I most of the time no (laughs) you throw a plastic disc on the Saturday sometimes yeah yeah and actually only one season in the fall but that will count for the whole year nice so you're gonna do it again this coming fall you think I don't know we'll see big part was I got to play with friends so we'll see cool did you buy any more kitchen items? This is such a rose, but <laughs> yeah, actually I did. We have a full stock kitchen now with spices, cooking oil, limes, lemon for my lemon water in the mornings. Okay. So whatever you need, it's there. And we yes, got a toaster. Yeah. We got a toaster. Okay. So we're officially set. 100%. Do you want to do a quick lightning round? Sure. Amazing. What is one thing you wish everyone knew? One thing I wish everyone knew? I wish everyone knew. Ah, how to have a fun time. Hell yeah. What are three things that you can't live without besides the necessities? Three things. It can be anything. Yeah. Like music? I'm thinking of all these apps right now, but that's so bad. I think you can say apps. It's okay. Okay, I know they're trying to ban TikTok, but I actually think I cannot live without TikTok. So music TikTok, which I guess has both music because it's not just about the app. Like you I hear I see all my New York recommendations. So it feeds into my hobbies and what I like to do in the city and makes me pushes me to explore. So the lifestyle app and I would say pets. I have two pets in Ben Bosch and they're just lovely. Wonderful. Any (laughs) recommendations besides the book you already shared? Because that was great. Yes. I actually just binged this new season on Netflix. It's called The Night Agent. It's about this possible mole in the White House, CIA, all the government agencies. Pretty good. Dope. Cool. I don't listen to podcasts, so... No podcast from me, but I heard money stuff is good. Mad money. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be on a podcast before you listen to a podcast. Exactly. Right. All right. Cool. Anything else you want to share with the world? No. I love how white. Giddy you are. This feels just, like, always a fun time talking to you. This I feels think... like sophomore and junior year in Harrison. And <laughs> you just giggle. Yeah, exactly. Giggle more, laugh more, and life will be good. That's my model. Signing off, Steph.
Beautiful. How did that feel? What What were you expecting also? Because you didn't listen to anything before we did this one, right? Did anyone listen to anyone's previously? Yeah, some people were curious. And so I just sent them because I launched. Okay. No, I do want to listen. And to be honest, I don't listen to podcasts. So I don't even know if I want to listen to this one. I want to listen to Francine's, but how did you feel our conversation was compared to scenes or any others that you've done so far? Fair enough. No, it's hard to compare. I think it's hard to compare because uh, the frequency of which I chat with people vary. Some I text weekly, some which doesn't get really more than that, I think, for me. Some I see biannually in your terms. One I've never even met in person. Wow. Okay. Just text yearly because they've been in my life since high school. So I think because of that, my relationship with them already is super varied. So I feel like the podcast as well. And then they're also all different personalities doing different things. And so I feel it's hard to compare. And I don't personally have any preference. Like as long as you all are enjoying being on it and talking about what you want, because I feel as much as this is a melting pot of my friends that I hope is just an awesome reminder that there's amazing people in the world. I feel it could also be a time memory for you all too. Eventually, at yeah, some point, I wonder no, what sure. April 3rd, 2023, Steph was thinking about, and you could find this. And so I feel the goal is to make it comfortable for you all to get something out of it as no, well. No, actually, like, I took this a lot. To be honest, when you first asked me about it, I was like a little nervous because. I just, I've never done this kind of stuff before. And it's, oh my God, it's going to be sharing my thoughts to the whole world. But honestly, this was, and then I forgot about it. And then we kept rescheduling and I was like, fuck it. I just need to get it over with. Okay. I just need to get it done. That's why I was like, can we do earlier? Not that I had any commitments later. This is my commitment to my bed tonight, but I was just, it's whatever. I just want to get it done. But no, I was just talking to a friend. Good, good, good. I feel like that is the goal. And also, I didn't know you were worried about it. You could have told me. And I could have said something. No, not like I was worried. I was just like, oh, like when you first asked me, I was yeah. like, Ooh, like, like, it's not like I was like, my mind was on this every single day until today. No, I feel you. Yeah, some people were like that as well, but they ended up really liking it. Hopefully it's the same and I'll try my best with editing. I don't really do much TBH when I edit. It's just taking out some of the filler words and some intro outro and that's it but I feel music to your thing oh yeah the goal is to eventually be able to compose individual intros and outros for the person depending on the conversation and how I know them and then play it on the piano I think that'll be wonderful however I am so that right now like you're gonna think of something for me think of something for Francine that kind of thing yeah, I think that would be really neat. However, I am so far from that point. I haven't freaking touched the piano ages. I've never composed. Like, I don't know why. Just Shanna, I'll take anything it. from you. You can hit a trail. Like... What it actually is now is just open source jazz music. I love that. I that love I that. Also, I feel this is reminding me of COVID, like when you did the pen pals thing. Huh, that's true. I forgot I did that in my life. I also did a drink ratings album where I which I have that because I was like you invited me to it but then I think like people didn't start posting till later and I never checked and then I, one day I checked I was like 
what the fuck why are there so many posts because i thought this was you were making so many groups and was like oh this is just a random one that looks like an accident and then it actually was a real thing and i was like shit i did drink a lot this summer but yeah oh wow no it's actually an interesting point i guess i have been trying to do something with people and community for a while even in small bits but this is the most committed i've been and i think has meaning to people who are involved in it too I'll talk about that in my podcast eventually. That's a good idea. <laughs> Wait, what did you n- learn about me? You said you did learn about me. What yeah, aspects? I feel like I learn about someone every time I talk to them, but especially in this setting where hmm. it's an accelerated questioning in a way. And also, I feel I'm really just happy to listen. So I'm always just enjoying and learning something. Yeah. yeah. I love to hear this. Maybe I won't hear about me because I hate the way your voice sounds so off when it's a recording. I know. I am starting to get sick of my voice. However, it's changeable in some ways. So if there's certain things that you don't like, you can just design it differently. No, obviously, Mm -hmm. certain constraint, but even just the tone or the pace or things like that are actually adjustable and so I've been also adjusting a little bit but I don't know I think it's also about matching the person's energy for this just to make it comfortable for them too so we'll see things to play around with I'm excited to listen to the other episodes just to compare the different energies and stuff yeah go listen to Missy's which is 15 minutes long and the friend scenes which is like 45 minutes long oh wow yeah what's ours there's already a bunch dropped this is we have probably like 50 minutes worth of yeah and then it might be cut to 35 missy's 15 (laughs) okay so i feel bad because she was one of my first few ones and i was just learning i don't know how long people want to talk and i feel my questioning is getting better now sure able to pace it better or know yeah you should judge me how it is throughout the flow again it's hard to compare no I feel very natural it's very natural yeah tell me your thoughts do you think at one point I was like I caught myself I'm like I'm speaking too much but I didn't think it was overly tell me did you think I was speaking too much no no? there's literally none of that in this forum this is exact you could have talked for an hour on something I would have just let it go okay no that's the point it's supposed to be you talking you're completely good again honored to be a part of a podcast no thank you for being on it and sharing so openly so a startup actually reached out to me today out of the blue it's health tech startup cool have you heard of stellar health Uh uh-uh okay i think it's like pretty legit so from what my understanding is they are a tech company that's trying to improve value-based for physicians, they're basically providing them with data and analytics and money incentives they can earn along the way if they do more value-based care, if that makes sense. Interesting. If, oh, you're like patient, preemptively should schedule a checkup. You can help schedule them in for, in the future and that will give you like money. I don't know exactly how it works, but they are a team of 190 something people and they raise money by a prominent like general Atlanta 0.72 ventures and they're like oh our runway is like three to four years with 120 million in cash still so are you on pitch book 
Yeah, I am on Pitchbook. Sure. You can search up Stellar Health. Yeah, I'm finding them. Series B, 2021, 60 million completed, CEO from Wharton. Is that why they reach out? No idea. He only went to Wharton for an MBA. He went to Michigan, actually, for undergrad. Yeah, I saw that you missed, too. Did he specifically reach out or who reached out? It was a recruiter. It was, like, a... It was a company recruiter, not an outside company. It's like she works out like recruiting at like Dollar Health. That's cool. Yeah. What are you hoping to get out of your role? I think so. The role is strategic finance associate. And it was interesting. They sent me a long ass email, a lot about the company, the runway, the mission, and even a huge photo of their offsite that they did sometime this past summer. Nothing about the actual role itself. It was more a pitch for me. Like, oh my God, we're so great. This is our mission. You should join us. And we have runway, so we won't run out of money to pay you and stuff. But I obviously need to find more about the role because I don't know what this role is all about. Like, yeah. besides the name Strategic Finance Associate, I don't know what that means. So. Yeah. But before what they send you, what are you hoping to get in general out of your next role? First of all, I think I want a startup experience. And if I were to have a startup experience, I would want it to be more of a strategy side. That could be development strategy, product development, stuff like that, analytics. But that's why I'm interested because I've yet to hear about the strategy and finance. And what is that strategic capital? Like, okay, what I'm thinking could be they obviously have venture funding, right, from the private equity people. And they have, say, $120 million of funding. How to allocate this best? Fair I don't enough. even know. Fair I have enough. no start. I don't know. Yeah, I feel it doesn't really matter, the, the name itself or whatever, if what you're getting out of it doesn't depend on the name or the person. What do you mean? The like name if, or the person? If you cared about working at the best health tech, then I feel okay, you would have to dig in a little bit deeper on why this company is special and what exactly they're uh, doing. But if you just yeah. want experience and ops, who cares if they're really top-notch or not? So I guess it's... Yeah, no, I think what appeals about. to me is exactly that second case. Uh, what appeals to me is that ops role. Also, I think this is super interesting, like health tech, I would do this. Fair enough. I would just say get to know the team then maybe and figure out what questions to ask them that'll really change the decision in your head. It is a fully remote team currently though, which I don't know. Fair. Okay. Yeah, it seems you have some criteria in your head. I would, for me, I think I just always need to figure out what do I want and then what are the questions I need to ask and then what do they say and then I make a decision. So yeah, maybe it sounds like it could be a little too later stage for you and too big for you to actually get into some of the impact. But, but yeah. impact can be in so many different ways. So I think you can have impact anywhere. But Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just, exactly. I don't know. But also I feel like with later stage comes stability and not a risk of failure. It's funny, I think on Pitch, but I don't know if you can see this, that they have now like a new metric, exit probability, and it's M&A chance 62%, IPO chance 20%, failure chance 16% or something like that. So it's interesting that this one is more likely to get acquired or merged with something else. I guess there's obviously so much big pharma out there, like players out there that could buy up little guys than like an IPO for themselves. So that's an interesting point too. Let's say they do get acquired because that looks like the most likely 73%. What, you see it, right? Yeah, yeah. Would that change your 
role and care for this team? I think like what question to raise because a lot of times it's like you want to get IPO'd, right, to, for your stock incentives to matter. Because how does that, how would that change, right? Like it's like you hold stock in this current company and then you get acquired by a bigger one and then it's okay. How does that even work? Yeah, that's probably, I don't know what the setup would be, but that's probably such a small portion of the money. It's probably more of your role that matters, no? The actual work you'd be doing. That's fair. How, how that changes could be a fair question right now. If they I know. A little later stage. What would you consider like important questions to ask for a startup? Besides what you want out of it and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like you give an example of what's important to me right now in the six months. I want a good team that cares about what they're doing, where I can make decisions at the end of the day. The way that I could ask about that, who's a superhero on your team and why? Or when's the last time the newest person disagreed when's the last time the newest person set up something new what happened to it what did the previous hfl start that you liked or didn't like things that need a concrete story in because i hate the bullshit like adjectives those don't mean anything to me because words on their own mean such different things to people i just want a story and then you judge so i feel any questions to get a story out of is great so even other things like what was a highlight day this past month or if you got a million dollars to spend for just your team what would you put it towards or things that tease out maybe a bit more stories and left field questions that they probably haven't prepped that's interesting especially the ones where you're like talking about how many months and did the first did the latest hire disagree i would never think to ask that yeah or what do they disagree on or what's something that you think hasn't changed over the past year What's something that you think has most recently changed that has worked? What's something you changed that didn't work? Shit like that. I yeah. feel you can tell, A, if they're actually thinking about it. You can't really BS that, I feel. And B, do those values match your value? That's important to me, I think, whether it's startup or work. So then maybe startup-specific ones, it's the pace of how things go. I feel so. And if remote work is something that you think is a negative side, you can try asking questions. Yeah. 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 That's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see. Obviously, it's like the first interview. It was just, I think, the first legit, like, cold inbound from a startup. That's not just a random message from like a LinkedIn recruiter. It was like fully a whole, no, I can send you the, it was a whole ass paragraph, like multiple. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would. Yeah. Would like shop around and stuff though, still, especially if you're considering like health tech, then there's a lot of different ones that you can consider being at that you're not gonna know until you chat because I know there's my thinking, right? I'm not gonna say this is aspirational, but it is an aspirational role in terms of I am coming from a totally different background and I don't have the industry knowledge. And this will just be a fun creative opportunity for me to learn. But I'm not too invested in this and that I would have the time to go check out other health tech and talk to competitors because I feel like it's not going to be a source of traction for me. Instead, my other, I'm still talking to my my finance jobs and stuff. And this will just be like, if it happens, if it doesn't. But I'm not going to, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's completely fair. As long as you know what you want, then you're good. Yeah. Is Lauren going to do this? Say something to Lauren right now. 
Did you ask her? I did, but she isn't convinced to. So I want you to say something on the podcast. Dear Lauren, blah, blah, blah. Okay, a message. Because I'm sure I've mentioned this name on just talking to you. But dear Lauren, fuck. Good start. <laughs> you should do this. How much fun we're having. Lauren, there's an encouragement for Steph for you to also do an episode. Yes. What do you think, Steph? I think so. I very much second that opinion. Yeah. All right. So, podcast to Lauren, we are manifesting you to come join the fun. <laughs> We're passing the ball along, punting it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Lovely. All right. I hope this was a good time. Enjoy the rest of your night in peace in bed you're seeing it corporate weapon done signing out excited to hear this bye cheers peace love you love you too and that's a wrap steph shia for now everyone see you on the next episode of who let the dogs out where i chat life with cool people doing awesome things cheers